Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, Genesis chapter 3. We're going to read one verse for a text today. We do honor all of our dads this morning. We will not have an evening service. Take time to spend with family and your dad if you have them with you. And uh, just take that time this evening uh, to do that. We will be back Wednesday night for our Wednesday night uh, Bible study. And uh, here in the sanctuary, we're going through the fruit of the Spirit. The, the children, the youth, the, the kids and the youth will be at VBS, I believe Garden City this week, Sister Amanda, Garden City. So they'll be at Garden City Wednesday night. So let's pray for them. They're going to be there all week, but they'll be there Wednesday night as well. Uh, so let's pray the Lord just pour into them this week as well. So don't forget Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. I've said this as a pastor. I don't know why it's that way. It just always has been. Wednesday night is my favorite service of the week. And uh, so look forward to Wednesday night. Look forward to y'all being back uh, with us Wednesday night. And you stood. I didn't ask you to stand yet. So you might want to sit down or you'd be standing for five minutes because I want Gracie to show us uh, to run a video clip here. I saw this movie years ago. You have to watch the, old, the whole movie on your own. Uh, I just told you to text, and you did good standing. So appreciate you honoring the word. But I want you, I want us to see this clip together, uh, dads. This is a reminder to all of us. It's about a five-minute uh, clip from the end of the movie, uh, Courageous. I want you to see this this morning. As a law enforcement officer, I've seen firsthand the deep hurt and devastation that fatherlessness brings in a child's life. Our prisons are full of men and women who have lived recklessly after being abandoned by their fathers, wounded by the men who should have loved them the most. Many of these children now follow the same pattern of irresponsibility that their fathers did. While so many mothers have sacrificed to help their children survive, they were never intended to carry the weight alone. We thank God for them. But research is proving that a child also desperately needs a daddy. There's no way around this fact. As you know, earlier this year, my family endured the tragic loss of our nine-year-old daughter, Emily. Her death forced me to realize that not only had I not taken advantage of the priceless time I had with her, but that I did not truly understand how crucial my role was as a father to her and our son, Dylan. Since her passing, I've asked God to show me through his word how to be the father that I need to be. I now believe that God desires for every father to courageously step up and do whatever it takes to be involved in the lives of his children. But more than just being there, providing for them, he's to walk with them through their young lives and be a visual representation of the character of God, their Father in heaven. The Father should love his children and seek to win their hearts 
He should protect them, discipline them, and teach them about God. He should model how to walk with integrity and treat others with respect. He should call out his children to become responsible men and women who live their lives for what matters in eternity. Some men will hear this and mock it or ignore it. But I tell you that as a father, you are accountable to God for the position of influence he has given you. You can't fall asleep at the wheel only to wake up one day and realize that your job or your hobbies have no eternal value, but the souls of your children do. Some men will hear this and agree with it, but have no resolve to live it out. Instead, they will live for themselves and waste the opportunity to leave a godly legacy for the next generation. But there are some men who regardless of the mistakes we've made in the past, regardless of what our fathers did not do for us, will give the strength of our arms and the rest of our days to loving God with all that we are and to teach our children to do the same. And whenever possible, to love and mentor others who have no father in their lives, but who desperately need help and direction. And we are inviting any man whose heart is willing and courageous to join us in this resolution. In my home, the decision has already been made. You don't have to ask who will guide my family, because by God's grace, I will. You don't have to ask who will teach my son to follow Christ, because I will. Who will accept the responsibility of providing and protecting my family? I will. Who will ask God to break the chain of destructive patterns in my family's history? I will. Who will pray for and bless my children to boldly pursue whatever God calls them to do? I am their father. I will. I accept this responsibility and it is my privilege to embrace it. I want the favor of God and his blessing on my home. Any good man does. So where are you men of courage? Where are you fathers who fear the Lord? It's time to rise up and answer the call that God has given to you. And to say, I will. I will. I will. Amen. I will. I saw that scene several years ago, and it ignited this message in my heart. If you have not seen that movie, you want to see it, especially you dads. It's powerful. Genesis chapter 3, verse 9. I want you to bear in mind everything that he just said for all of our dads this morning, for all of our parents. We have a great role, a great responsibility. That's the, my title this morning is a question that he asked there in the end. Where are you? Men of courage. Genesis chapter 3, verse 9. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Where are you, men of courage? Men, before we talk about where we are, let's talk about where we're supposed to be. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Father, we love you. Thank you. Praise you. Glorify you. And thank you for the great men of God that we have in our midst, Lord, the legacy 
that many of us have. And there's some here today that have not had a godly father figure in their life as far as a biological parent. But you have put men of God as father figures in their lives. Help them to realize that and look to them. And I just thank you for what's going to be accomplished today as we call out men, fathers, to be godly men and godly fathers. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You may be seated. Where are you, men of courage? Where are we supposed to be? Where, where do we look when we find as Christian men or Christian women, Christians in general, where do we look to see what we're supposed to be? To the Word of God. Sister Donna Kay just said the Bible. The Bible. Look to the Word. And the, Paul wrote this in the Word in Ephesians chapter 5, 22 through 33. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Now, men, before you square those shoulders up and look over at your wife, say, "Uh uh-huh, see you here. Husbands, verse 25, love your wives. Get this, this has got me every time I read it, every time I think about it, every time I meditate on it. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Can I say publicly to my wife this morning, babe, I'm sorry that I've not always loved you like that because that's what we're supposed to do. Amen? That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it, and even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife. And they too shall be one flesh. This is a great ministry. Ministry, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband. See, Paul, it may have seemed like he was given a generalized statement, but he finished up here in verse 33 and said, Let every one of you in particular. He was saying, Nobody's left out. Don't think, well, he's talking to so-and-so and so-and-so, but he's not talking to me. He's talking to pastor, evangelist, those in ministry, but he's not talking to me. He said, Every one of us in particular so love our wives, even as himself, and the wife to reverence her husband. Ephesians 6 and 4, you fathers, this is a tough one, because we've all been guilty, maybe, at least I can speak for me. Provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Just as I publicly apologize to my wife, let me publicly apologize to both of my kids for provoking them to anger. I just, I did it yesterday. Amen. Didn't I know it? I did it yesterday. He got mad. He was mad. He, I don't even want to talk to you right now. And that wasn't his fault. That was my fault. The Bible tells us not to do that. 
but nurture them and admonish them in the Lord. First Peter 2 and 9, why should we do this? Because we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Why are we a chosen generation? Why are we a royal priesthood? Why are we a holy nation? Why are we a peculiar people? That we should show forth the praises of him who hath called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Brian Free in Assurance sings a song, I want to be that man. I want to be that man. We show forth the praise of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light is what Peter wrote there. Children, I, men, I don't know about you and your children, but I've all, that's always been my desire. It's not for my kids to say, I want to be like this superstar, or I want them to be like that superstar. There, there's a lot of folks that, that I wanted to emulate over the years, but I can honestly stand before you today and tell you that my whole life, since my dad's been saved, as I've said, I want to be like Phil Wyatt to a certain degree. I want to be that Christian man that he is. I want that Christian characteristic he has. Also, there's a level of boldness that my dad has that I do not have, but there is times, and we joke about this, when I have those moments of boldness, I'll tell my dad I opened up a can of Phil Wyatt on him. And so we want our kids to have someone to look up to, and as the man said there in that video, don't think, well, who's going to do that for my children? Who's going to be that example for my kids? And we, you can say, Pastor, I've missed that opportunity to be that for my kids. Uh, you've nev- there's never, there's missed opportunities, yes. Uh, but those opportunities are presented uh, by simply saying, I failed, uh, I messed up, confessing, uh, I missed the mark, I wasted years. Uh, but if you will give me the opportunity, I will fulfill my God-given role as your dad, as your father, your earthly father. And I, I said this last week as we was dedicating uh, Nora. I said to any anybody that they get saved late in years and their adult children get saved and they come to me and say, Brother Jamie, uh, well, my, my son or my daughter is 20-something years old or 30-something years old, but I've recently got saved and they've got saved and we've agreed and, and I want to dedicate my children uh, and their family to the Lord. Will you do that? Absolutely, I will. Because I believe in that. I believe that God is not, as long as there is breath, there's hope. But as long as there's breath, there's opportunity for you men to step up uh, and be courageous men. Uh, Listen, it is courageous to live a godly life, to get saved as a child, uh, and to live your whole life. Not everybody in this room can be like uh, I am and say that I got saved uh, and got called to preach as a teenager. Uh, Not everybody can say their children were born in a parsonage and raised in church. Uh, Listen, that comes with its battles as well. Uh, But there's some that will say, Brother Jamie, uh, I missed those opportunities. I ran after job. I ran after hobbies. I ran after this. I I ran after that. Uh, You're just a courageous man because you have always been the example uh, to your children. Listen, I failed many times, uh, but by God's grace and his faithfulness. uh, But can I tell you what real courageous men will do uh, in spite of the past, uh, in spite of 
shortcomings of yesterday. It's not a matter of what you were. It's a matter of who you are today. God has called you. God has chosen you. And Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. There's always going to be somebody to try to remind you where you came up short in the past. Now, adult kids can tend to talk to us like young kids couldn't talk to us. They get, they get a level of bravery about them. They know when they was a kid, they get a smack. Right? I don't know if y'all did that in your house. But that's the way. You don't back talk your parents in our house. But as they get older, they get out on their own, and they become their own, they think that they can say some things. And think about this now. I've heard this and been around this and know this. Have not experienced this personally to this degree, but there's there's those that will get saved and and their life is transformed and and they go to their kids and they tell them that they got saved and their life is transformed uh, and and those kids say, well, good for you. Good for you. Or uh, you can watch this movie, Courageous. You'll see, uh, oh, you're going to step up now. Where were you before? Uh, listen, the devil will try to use that to, to abolish. Uh, but Paul said, be steadfast, unmovable, uh, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Uh, listen, just be honest and say, I was in a horrible pit. I was in a miry clay. Uh, I was in addiction. Uh, I was bound. I was selfish. Uh, dads, just be honest and say, that's who I was. Uh, I can't change that. But what I can do... Uh, it's telling you that I'm steadfast in my faith. God made a change in me, and I'm going to be steadfast in that. I can't make up for lost time, but what I can do and what you can do is be the best and the most courageous man of God that you can possibly be and live out your faith in the days to come. Adam had all of these same responsibilities. All of these verses that I read were from the New Testament, but they're God's Word. And Adam, as the first man, Adam, he is known as our father. He is the first of our fleshly side was Adam. And he had those responsibilities. God created Adam. God knew when he created Adam and Eve that he was going to give them children. Uh, and he told them to uh, be fruitful uh, and multiply, replenish the earth. That was his plan. And along with that plan uh, was the responsibilities that I just read to you uh, from the New Testament was on his life. But you know what he did? He neglected his responsibility. And he hid himself from God. He neglected his responsibility and hid himself from God. Remember a couple services ago, I, I told you that Adam and Eve did not hide behind the tree that they partook of. When he was looking for Adam, where does it say that they hid themselves amongst the other trees of the garden? What trees? All the trees that God said it's okay for you to eat from. That's what we do when we fail God. We don't try to hide behind sin because we know we can't hide behind sin. So much like our father Adam, we tried to hide behind the good things that we have done. We try to hide behind the things that we know are all right with God. So that's where Adam was at in our text. He hid himself from God. 
And as he hid himself from God, God came looking for him. Where art thou, Adam? Why did God have to say, where art thou? Because he hid himself. How many of us have hid ourselves from God? Hid ourselves from our responsibilities and our place and our part. Dads, when we, we think back, many of you can think back when in, on your life, and the devil will love to put this up in your face, so I'm not doing this as your pastor. I'm just telling you this is what the devil will do. Where were you at when your children needed you? You were on a bar stool. You were behind the desk. You were doing whatever your occupation was, and now, now, now that you've done that, your kids are grown. And you miss those opportunities. The devil will love to take that and tell you, you failed as a father. You have not failed as a father. You have not failed as a father because you have a heavenly father that is gracious and gives new opportunity. He wasn't calling Adam out. He was not calling Adam out to destroy Adam or to wipe him out. He was calling Adam out for fellowship. He was calling Adam out for restoration, but Adam could not be. And you know what happened? He was driven out of the garden. This trend continued throughout the Old Testament. Think about all the great men of potential throughout the Old Testament. The way I penned it here was great men of potential hiding instead of abiding. Have you ever been guilty of that? Draven touched on it, his devotion this morning. We tend to hide because nothing great's, great's happening. There's nothing for me to abide in, nothing for me to bound in. There's nothing for me to step out on. You know what Martin Luther said faith was? Stepping into a staircase when you don't even see the first step. Faith, blind faith that says faith is stepping out, not faith is hiding behind good things. So they were, you think about it, think uh, some examples. Here's some examples. You can pin them down and look them up later. Saul, King Saul, the first Saul of Israel, the first king of Israel. Gideon, hiding instead of abiding. He was in the threshing floor. Jonah, he hid and ended up in the belly of a great fish. God said, you want to hide? I'll hide you real good. Even the great king David. Remember that great king David and all of his power and all of his glory? It is said of David, he's the greatest king of all history. But you start looking in the life of King David, he spent some time hiding instead of abiding. It said there came a time when kings were supposed to go out to battle. He's hiding on his rooftop. That got him in trouble. Also, the mighty prophet Elijah or as I called him this morning on my wake-up call devotion, Moses. The great prophet Elijah, he called fire down from heaven, and just a few days later, where do you find him? Hiding in a cave. And you know what? Just as the Lord walked into the garden and said, Where art thou, Adam? He walks to the face of the door of that cave, and he looks at the light. What are you doing here, Elijah? Listen, we may want to hide, but I'm thankful for the convicting power of the Holy Ghost, Brother George, that says, what are you doing? 
Amen. I'm thankful for the presence of God. That, uh, that still stall voice that he was talking about this morning says, uh, what are you doing? Where are you at? Uh, where are you supposed to be? Uh, where are you going? Uh, years ago, I preached uh, my first opportunity to preach on a radio broadcast. Uh, and I, I, uh, God gave me a thought, uh, and I just preached this thought. Where are you going? Uh, I said, you're listening on your radio. You're heading to work. You're heading here. Uh, you're heading there. And you'll tell me, uh, well, I'm heading to the beach, or I'm heading here, or I'm heading there. But no, the question is, is the road that you're on right now leading you to the perfect will of God? Men, can I ask you that? Are you leading your family on that road that leads them to heaven? If not, turn around this morning and get on the right path. Where are you at, men of courage? Where are the men and men of faith that will rise up in this last day and say, I'm not going to have to worry about. I'm not sending my kids to Sunday school and VBS and children's church and hoping they get enough of the word of God that maybe one day there can be something. No, I'm going to teach them the word of God myself. I'm not going to have to wait for somebody's grandma to teach my baby how to pray. I will. Amen? Where are we at, men of courage? Where are we at? David and Elijah, we read of horrible circumstances and consequences of these men. Why? Because they chose to be somewhere other than where God intended them to be. I know there's a lot of places that we want to be. man in our video mentioned being a police officer, and that's what I always wanted to be. I always wanted to be a policeman. I probably handcuffed Jeremy a few times when we were kids. Because I just wanted to be a police officer. That was my goal. I wanted to be a professional baseball player, but I stunk at baseball. So I said, a policeman it is. To be that, I wanted to be that. I was ready that when I got out of high school, that I was going to go into the police academy, that I was going to be a policeman. There's been many times in my adult life that I've looked back, Brother Kevin, and I said, man, I'd be a sergeant now, or I'd be a a detective now, or I'd be this now. But you know what? That's what I wanted to be. But at 16 years old, under a tent, God said, this is what I want you to be. Initially accepted the call, but then I hid myself. I hid myself. I don't want to do that. Nobody wants me to do that. Nobody wants to sit under this shy, quiet, backwards boy. I was messing around with Amy this morning, but I've been guilty of this over the years. I woke up, walked into the kitchen after doing the devotional. She had uh, went into the kitchen to get her uh, something to eat, I believe it was. Uh, and as I walked in there, uh, she said, Happy Father's Day. I said, Happy Father's Day to you too. I'm just that awkward. I did that on purpose, but there's been times I've been there's been times that you could come up to me and say happy birthday, and because this mind would not trigger, I say happy birthday back. Uh, what do they call that? Socially awkward. And I'm like, Lord, do you realize how socially awkward that I am? Nobody wants me up on that platform. So I hit myself. I hit myself. But how long are we going to keep ourselves somewhere other than what God intended us to be? What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying, where are you at this morning? You're saying, well, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Uh, Well, what are you going to do about it this morning? I'm I'm not walking the path uh, that I need to. Listen, uh, our kids need a godly example. These are real statistics, folks. I've done juvenile ministry. I've done prison ministry. uh, And here's the reality. 
95% of men that are incarcerated in prison did not have a father figure in their home. Numbers don't lie. 95%. I don't think it's coincidence that I read a statistic this week that said 93%. When dad leads the way and says, I'm going to be the church, be a part of the church, and gets involved in church, 93% of the time, family follows them. Now, I read that statistic because I'm saying, thinking to myself, well, I know some that's thinking, I must be the 7%. But listen, you've got to give it time. You've got to give it time. We have to understand, dads, uh, that there's been times, uh, even me, I've raised my children in church, uh, they, but they want to see uh, if I'm the same man at home that I am on this platform. That what I preached on Sunday morning uh, is what I'm living on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, so think about this. When you uh, maybe after chasing all of your dreams and all the things that you wanted to do, uh, God changed your life, and now your kids are, are older. Maybe your kids are grown, uh, and they're saying, well, I, I don't know if that's the case or not. Uh, they're, they're waiting it out. But, but be you steadfast, uh, unmovable, always. Live it out. Uh, live out what God has done in your life. There's going to be uh, those that doubt you. Uh, there's going to be those that mock you. Uh, there's going to be those that criticize you. Uh, that's where the courage comes in. Uh, that's where the courageousness rises up. Uh, as Moses uh, turned things over uh, to young Joshua, he told him, Moses, only be strong and have a good courage. Moses looked at Joshua and said, only be strong and have a good courage. That meant a lot to young Joshua because Moses was a father figure to him. But now Moses is gone. Moses is gone. And he hears a voice from heaven. And what does the voice from heaven tell him? Joshua, only be strong and have a good courage. Did Moses know that God was going to tell him that later? No, Moses just walked in the will of God. What are you saying? I'm saying dads, fathers, spiritual dads, if God places upon your heart to say something to somebody, a, a young man, a young woman, your children, uh, if God places it upon your heart to encourage them, uh, do it. It may not mean anything at that moment. They may say, thank He might say, thanks, Moses. I appreciate that. That's going to help me a lot down the road. But when God confirmed it later, amen, how many times have we looked at our kids and they gave us that glare? Roll those eyes. One lady said, you roll those eyes at me again, I'm going to roll your head onto the floor. Right? They, they roll their eyes or they shrug their shoulders. Like, come on. I, I preached a, a few years ago and Father said, oh, that's just Dad. Right? That's just Dad saying Dad things again. But my hope is that one day, that one day they're going to hear those words ringing in those ears. And they say, man, Dad said that. Dad warned me about this. I have to say it. I've been saying a lot lately. Uh, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We've been there. We've done that. We've faced those battles. Uh, and so, man, where are you at this morning? Uh, where are we where we're supposed to be? You've been called to lead your family. Uh, you're not been called to lead your family like this, like I've been told. Do what I do. Do what I say and not what I do. Right? Dads have sat there uh, on, their, on their 12th beer. Don't drink. Right? Done went through three packs of Marlboros and said, don't smoke, you'll get cancer. Kids are more apt to do what you do than what you say. 
So it's not being that, do as I say and not as I do. That never works. But we lead by example. To be that spiritual head of our home, we've got to be men of strength and courage. So let me ask you something. Let me ask you something, dads. Listen, if you haven't been listening to me, I want you to listen to this. Don't answer this question out loud, but answer it in your heart. Does it take courage? Does it take courage to be where you are? Does it take courage to be where you are? Because I tell you something, it takes courage to be a man of God anymore. One man said it this way, any dead fish can float downstream. But it takes a man of God to fight against the current of society. A society that will tell you, if you tell them that it's supposed to be male and female, that you're a hate mongler. Being men of courage, rise up. Teach your children. Teach your children the Word of God. Can I tell you? Can I ask you? Does it take courage to be where you're at? What are you working for? What are you striving for? What are you fighting for? Think about that. How many hours that we put in on the job, calling our way up to the ladder of success? People that's working to live. No, they're living to work. They've, their whole life is consumed by that. And you know what, excuse? I want to, I've been guilty. Go ahead and say amen, Sister Amy. I, I want to give my kids better than what I have. But I have found out over the years that's not in material gain because the reality is, though the devil intended it for evil, God turned it for good. Can I tell you, folks, you're looking at a man. My parents were divorced before I was ever born. How awful is that? Before I ever was born, my parents were divorced. I should be a statistic according to that. I should be a statistic. We can begin to say, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. Uh, and I, I want them to have better than what I had to give them uh, material things and material this and material that. So I've got to make more money. I, I've got to put in more hours. Uh, and before we know it, uh, we've missed opportunities. Uh, take advantage of opportunities. Uh, take vacations with your kids. Take time with your kids. Uh, take time. Uh, you may look through my Facebook feed uh, and you'll see a lot of trips to Disney and think, man, pastor must really love Disney. No, I hate Disney. I hate it. But I had annual passes to Disney. Why? Because them two love Disney. Them three love Disney. And what it was for me, Brother Jeremy, opportunity to spend time with them doing what they love to do. They've sat there and they've endured Georgia Bulldog games Braves games. Amy's never attended a Bulldogs game with me. I think she has a Braves game. Oh, she did go to the Georgia Florida, the biggest one of them all. She didn't want to be there as we stepped over. Why? Because we want to spend time with those that we need to be. Let me ask you this. What are you hiding from? What are you hiding from? Each one of those men that I mentioned, from Adam all the way through to Elijah, they hid, but guess what? God's real good at hide-and-seek. You don't want to play hide-and-seek with God. He'll win every time. He found them. There's some of you this morning that you hid real good. I was always real good at finding the hiding places. I told somebody not too long ago that we played hide-and-seek wrong as a kid. 
we ended up as a game of chase. But when we started playing it right, I loved it. I got good naps because they never found me. But can I tell you what? You may have got you a good nap. You might have been asleep on what God has called you to do for a long time. You might have been in that hiding place for a long time. Oh, but can you remember if you're here this morning, the man of God that used to not be a man of God because you were hid very well from him, but maybe late in life, God said, I found you. I found you right where you were hiding at. Amen. If some of you men could just help me out with one word uh, as I go around the room. Uh, if not, just do this. And I know to go on to the next one. Uh, can you tell me where you were hiding uh, when God found you? Uh, I can say that of me, that I was hiding. Uh, I was hiding from my calling. Uh, and you know where I was hiding? In plain sight. You know where I was hiding? On the church pew. I was hiding on the church pew. In plain sight, thinking that if I just go through the motions, nobody will mess with me. So I was hiding in plain sight. But Paul, where were you hiding? Work. Brother Kevin, where were you hiding? The club at the base. Brother George, where were you hiding? Work. 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 We would think that these men were going to say the bar, the ball game, the beach, the majority. Brother Kevin was at the club. Can you see Brother Kevin clubbing? <laughs> Night of the Roxbury with Brother Kevin. <laughs> oh, moving on. Work. Why were they working? To make better for their family, right? Guarantee. That's, that's what they would say. Why, baby, why are you working so much? Somebody's got to, Right? Somebody's got to make a living. Somebody's got to provide for the family. I want you to be able to be there with the kids. A woman's place is in the home. Make me a sandwich, right? Men are to work. No. We have a responsibility. Can I just step off my soapbox and step on another soapbox this morning and tell you something that aggravates me with men that's supposed to be fathers? Well, I can't go tonight. I got to babysit my kids. What? They're your kids. You ain't babysitting them. And to see these goofy videos of guys with tongs and a mask and all of that, changing a diaper, gagging and throwing up, come on, man. Come on. Well, I'm waiting on my wife to cook dinner. You don't know how to fire up a grill? We have shared responsibilities. Amen. We have a place. We say, well, a man's place is on the job. A man's place is in the home just like a woman's place is in the home. We all have responsibilities that we take care of. So where are you at, men? Where are you at? Where are you at? God found each one of those men, and he found them right where they are at, and God called them back where he intended them to be. And wherever you were hiding at or wherever you are hiding at this morning, God has found you. Amen? God has found you, and he's using this pastor this morning uh, to call you out uh, of where you're at to where you need to be. 1 Corinthians 15, 45 through 49 says, So is it written, the first ant man, Adam, was made a living soul. Remember, where are thou, Adam? Our example from our earthly father was to hide. Right? Just hide from it. Don't admit it. Don't confess it. Don't worry about it. Just hide from it. That was the sample that Adam gave us. 
But the second man, Adam, which was Jesus, was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterwards that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth earthy, the second is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, so are they also that are earthy, and as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, think about that, men. How many of us have been real good at hiding? We have no problem. We can sing to be like Jesus, but we say, can we start singing to old to be like Adam? Because I got that down pretty good. Right? We've bore the image of the earthy, meaning we've fallen short, that we've hit ourselves, uh, and we have done uh, the things that we shouldn't do and been in places that we shouldn't be. Uh, so as we've borne the image of the earthy, we should also bear the image of the heavenly. Where are you, men of courage? Where are you? In closing today, this statement is made in a book that I read by Dr. Edwin Cole in a book entitled Courage. I have it in my library if any of you men want to borrow it. It's a powerful book. The problem is this, he said. A problem is that many men are confused about what image they're supposed to live up to. The image of Christ is the standard. God calls each of us to live up to our own potential. To him to know what to do right and do it not, to him is sin. That's what Scripture tells us. If you know you're supposed to develop your potential, maximize your gifts, sanctify your ego in order to achieve, and you don't do it, then you're missing the mark God has for you. You need to live for God-given dreams, divinely inspired desires, but die to pride, fear, and vain things of the world and flesh. Be all the man God wants you to be. That was the words of Dr. Edwin Cole in the book Courage. Men, we've borne the image of the earthy long enough. Amen? It's time that we bear the image of the heavenly. Even as a pastor, I've borne the image of the earthy way too many times. It's time to be light, to be salt. Man, I don't know where you've been. I don't know where you are. But I know there's an opportunity for you to experience the breakthrough, the renewal in your life that you need today. That God has given you an opportunity to hear a hard question. Where are you at? Where are you at? I'm not in a good place. What are you going to do about it? Right? What are you going to do about it? We're going to have to rise up. We're going to have to kick through some walls. We're going to have to tear down some stuff. We're going to have to build up some stuff. Man, you've got to get out that sledgehammer and break through the wall of complacency. You've got to break through the wall of meteorocracy. You've got to break through the wall of selfishness. You've got to break through the wall of carnality or whatever other wall that's standing between you and what your purpose is. God's purpose for you. Where are you at, men of courage? Where are you at? If I'm not mistaken, that scene from that movie, that the, the actors that were in the movie, they were in place and they put it, but that was a church service that they didn't tell. I don't think they told everybody they was going to be a part of the filming. I'm not sure. But they did that, filmed that part of it in a church service. Yeah, the actors stood up 
but also throughout that congregation, other men stood up because they accepted that challenge. I don't have to worry about who's going to be the man of God for my children to look up to. That's my responsibility. Amen? Where are you at, men of courage? Where are you at? Maybe you're here today and, and you're, a, you're a dad, you're a husband, and you're hiding from God. God's calling you out. You're not going to be able to lead your family that way. You're not going to be able to lead your family effectively that way. You need to surrender to God. You need to surrender to His will and to His way. As you stand with me this morning, I want to give you that opportunity today. If you're here, Dad, and it don't have to be a dad, it can be anybody. You're here, and you've not accepted the Lord as your Savior. Take this opportunity to admit. Repentance is simply ABC. Admitting that you're a sinner, believing in your heart that He is the Lord, and then confessing with your mouth of your sins, making confession of your sins, and confessing Him as Lord as your life. And then you live it out. You take up the word and you take up prayer. And you do that. As we bow our heads to pray this morning, if there's anybody here, right where you're at, right where you're at, if you're here this morning and you do not know the Lord as your Savior, maybe you're a young dad, maybe you're an old dad, maybe you're not a dad at all, but you feel a need to repent, to turn from sin, to turn to God. I want to give you that opportunity to do that this morning. Heavenly Father, I pray, God, if you as broke up some fallow ground this morning, that there's those here that will make this confession of faith, that you will touch them, help them in this journey that they're about to embark on, serving you in Jesus' name. If you're here this morning and that's you, I want you to just pray this prayer with me. Lord, I confess I'm a sinner. I know that I've missed the mark. I've been hiding from you. You don't have to look any further, Lord. Here I am. Here I am. I admit I'm a sinner. And I believe that you have a plan for my life. And I surrender my life to that plan. And I confess you as Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of my sins. And lead me in the way of righteousness. For your name's sake. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Simple prayer, but if you prayed that prayer, you're well on your way. You're well on your way to becoming the man of God that God wants you to be. But it's more than standing there praying a prayer. It's a daily walk in the Word and through prayer. My question this morning is, where are you, men of courage? This is really just how I felt. Just been back and forth with this all week. How, how I felt the, to do this altar service this morning. That's why I didn't give an altar call right there. But I did want to give an opportunity for people to pray that felt that need. But I believe God's fixing to do something great. We don't have service this evening. and I know people's got plans this afternoon, but I, I have to be obedient to the Lord right now. Where are you, men of courage? Dad, if you're here this morning... And you'll say, here I am, right here. I'm going to be the man that God wants me to be. I want you to step out. Just stand in front of this altar. Where are you, men of courage? Because I'm going to... 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.